0: Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. We thank you, Lord, for the Word of God, quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, living and abiding Word. Heavens and the earth will pass, but your Word remains eternal and forever. We are established in the Beloved. We're accepted in the Beloved. It is through Him we live and move and have our being. We thank You, Lord, for the anointing on Your Word and for understanding the anointing of the Holy Spirit and where it comes from, how it works, that we may serve You better and be more fruitful in this life. In Jesus Christ's name, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Give the Lord a praise offering. Thank you very much. It was uh, way back in um, we're talking in the 80s now 19 and in the 80s uh, when we began the Bible school or today known as the discipleship training center it was in my heart before it was on the West Rand all of those subjects and um, I remember that I did not have a computer this thing here marvelous and wonderful and whatever. And I remember that I had to write every subject by hand, then go and teach it, and then had to again get back home and start writing all over again. So, you know, you kind of learn to write very fast and the scriptures. Not long after that, I was able to get uh, towards the end of... 1989 1990 uh, I got my first computer just this little white box and had this marvelous huge memory of 47 megabytes and uh, with a very tiny RAM in it and I thought it was the best thing on the planet and I started typing what I was researching in those early years I found things that were more important than the regular run-of-the-mill kind of thing and experience, experiential realization which I had in Christianity because all my life I was in the Christian church. From childhood, my father took me. I would walk with my mother and father to the church and get deposited in the Sunday school and stay there and then picked up again later on joining the bigger church and by the age of 16, I was a Sunday school teacher. Point is, I never knew, never knew about the third person of the Holy Trinity. Never knew that. I knew about the Father. I knew about the the Son of God. But I never knew about the Holy Spirit. And the third person of the Holy Spirit. And the role of the Holy Spirit both in our lives and in the church. So, I felt like 33 years of my life was, was like stolen from this incredible relationship which was now attainable um, with the help of the Holy Spirit with the Almighty God. Needless to say, it sent me into quite strong days of prayer and fasting and reading this book as fast as I could and research as much as I could. When came the computers, I was able to research take some of the knowledge and systemize that, and then that would be filed in digital files, endless, numerous, both Bible school as well as with the church. Teach in the Bible school in the week, four days a week Bible school, morning plus night, and then still preach in the Sunday church with all the services and whatnot. It, to me, was like at the drop of a hat. I just went on, and you become like a preaching machine in the process. But that being said, those early years that were so foundational, so very much foundational, um, I think very few people actually realize. A few people here. I see Jeanette Burrell sitting here, and there were times pre Blom, pre-Louis Bierchermann, Actually, they were in, in, in the church also at that time. He was actually perhaps the earliest of the people that were right from the beginning with me, Pastor Louis and Durki Begabond. But uh, as a rule, Maude and I came to the West Rand with really nothing. And out of our prayer life and our commitment to teaching the Word of God in the Bible school, this became what we have now. And I think we should give the Lord a praise offering for that. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. We had the most incredible experiences with God. I took every book on revival that I could get hold of. I read everything about the supernatural. People came up to me supernaturally, giving me, literally supernaturally, giving me in my hand. So you must listen to these tapes. You must listen to the, watch this, 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 or listen to this tape. You say, well, we didn't even have videos. Then came the, the, uh, Videos and and the cassette videos and all that stuff and I began to look at these things and to my amazement to my utter amazement I found out that God still moves to my amazement I saw God heal people and I read one story after another for me life was revival for me I had to impart the spirit of faith, of power, sound mind, the fire of the Holy Spirit. I was completely absorbed. One man said to me, but you know, did you read what professor so-and-so said at the university? Now we came out of that. I said, I'm not interested in what professor so-and-so had to say. This book tells me everything I need to know. And I'm still learning. I feel like I know nothing. honestly, when it comes to the Greek, I was speaking to Pastor Tians and and and, uh, and uh, Karen, but more with Tians during the break, of the, first, between the first and the first second service this morning. We were sitting there, and I'm thinking, you know, I, I was explaining to him the levels of the numerics, and uh, we were talking about that. That you find even if you take one letter in the Hebrew alphabet, and you say that letter, that letter when you say it, it's a word that you say. That word has got letters within the Word. Those letters each have numerical value. That builds a total numerical value, and out of that come codes. And then you have computers run run into that. So today, if I look at the vast creation and everything that God has created, I realize that we came in into a golden era in this nation at the time when the Spirit of God was moving again. Soon it became apparent that many of the people in many of the churches neglected not ministering to the people. They didn't minister, they didn't pray. I think whatever the reason may be, it does not matter. We had stunning services. I remember particularly one service. It was round about the month of April. It was towards the end of the summer season. It was a beautiful night, and we were in a huge tent, and two tents were stitched together so that we can accommodate 5,000 people. We had an evangelist called Morrisarello that came through, and um, he uh, preached that day. He was an outright man of prayer. And uh, I remember Morrisarello is a Jew, uh, and, and how he, he, he really impressed me with the way he was just driving into the presence of God. It was just beautiful. But that night, there was Dick Bardmore and his wife. Only Philip is there and um, Nick Badnos and his wife, they were there, and uh, Nick was like the South African, I think now he's long gone to be with the Lord, and uh, because he was quite older than me, and, and he was the Sunday Times uh, photographer of, of, of the year, and uh, Nick Badnos took his child, his daughter, out to the university, and they slipped out when everybody was praying, and when he said that, His daughter said, Dad, stop. Look up at the sky all over the tent. There were no lights. It was dark out there. There was no dust. There was no clouds. It was a cloudless night. It was a dustless night. Everybody was in the tent when suddenly this cloud appeared with radiant glory. The message of the day was the church of South Africa must learn and take the message and tell the politicians of the country, politicians, Are there to serve the nation, and if we, as the church of God, through the power of our prayer lives, if we learn to control the spiritual realm by the power of our prayer lives, we will have peace in the nation, and South Africa shall have an established future. They can't see it over here, just put it on the side screens for them, please. So, with that being said, that night this cloud appeared, and we were all praying. I had a recording, I don't know now, it was a tapey, as they would say, little cassette tape, uh, and a recording. And I remember that particular night, that it was so intense with a message. The church must control the spirits, dark spirits, demon spirits, that are allocated to the nations of the world, and in this case, particularly South Africa, learn to control those spirits and it will cause the whole nation to take on a new shape and form. And a new South Africa the pre-94. A new South Africa will be born. And he was not very popular for that message at the time. Because it was still in the older dispensation. But the fact is, he said, now let us pray for South Africa. Let us all pray properly for the country. And we all went on our knees. And as we went on our knees, Nick Barnalls was there, and he said, okay, let's go now quickly to the university and drop our daughter. And I think it was in Pretoria University. And uh, they went off. But he was the, the photographer with a camera in his hand to take the event. So he had professional equipment, looked at the night sky, stood still, and it was amazing. Because in the original picture, there's a line running from the peak of the tent up like over there, if you perhaps can just faintly see it on this picture. So, with that being said, it was for sure, because at the moment, it was the cloud of the glory of the Lord. And you must know the power of God in that church service. I said you must know the power of God in that church service. Most people don't understand these things. Isn't that so, Jeanette? They don't understand. They don't see these things. They don't know these things. They take it lightly. They think Christianity is just, you know, Just a form of shape or something. The kingdom of God is with power. Give the Lord a praise offering. And uh, I remember, did you have it on that side screen? Did you have it or can't you have it? Oh, they did. I want the people to see this. I want the people to know this. Don't worry about me walking up and down. Just have it on them. Just let them see it. Write the vision down. Let those that pass by notice it. Let them run swiftly. Let them run because of the glory of the Lord. See that line on the top of the tent there? Going straight into the sky. It's like, almost like, a, like a, a line that runs up towards heaven. They prayed. We prayed. More than I, on our knees before God. Marisarello is praying a powerful prayer over the future of this land still the old South Africa. That was the days, I think, of P.W. Boota. And, uh, and so a powerful prayer goes out. The cloud of the glory of the Lord appears. They take pictures. Once they've taken the pictures, and uh, they stood there in amazement because that you just don't see it. And then in that moment in time, when this now took place, Monasterello said, Amen. And the people rose up. And when the people rose up, this cloud went, and it was gone like that, and you stand in the night and you see the starry sky out there. For a moment, you couldn't see anything else except that cloud. That is where we come from, people. That is where the roots of this church are. There are few people that can still talk about it in this place. Pastor Tians knows about it. Pastor Louis knows about it. And the early men that were there with me some of who went on to be with the Lord by now. But I learned that night, and the recording, the tape recording of that prayer meeting was so powerful because it sounded like the whole configuration of people, if I put it this way, the whole way the address towards God was taking place took on a different tone. People were praying with such intensity, it sounded like they were singing. It was like at a high note. It's not the normal voice tone, like at this level where I'm talking now. But it was going, and it was powerful, and you see that happen. Then you see miracles. Then you pray and you see miracles. Now in those days, we did proper research, because that's what I do. I am, all these years, I'm like always in books. And um, I do research about this. And so, I now began to industriously type for the time of then the notes concerning the anointing. Where this comes, where we come from, where we all come from. I spoke to other church leaders. I phoned them. People in the AFM. I remember phoning them. Getting even more than I taking them out for supper. Remember Pastor Frank Ron Yen, I was talking about such events where such things took place in this country. I say to you tonight, I stand here tonight with a torch and the next generation better catch the torch. You better catch the fire and carry it until the day that the Lord takes all of us into heaven. You better know that we are not sitting in church, playing church. This is a serious affair. This platform is what I call a very sacred place. When you're on this platform, you must know that you are busy dealing with death and life. People are sick, people are, are, are sometimes dying, People are sometimes in calamity of any kind. I've had any kind of thing in all of these years. From the beginning, I had to do everything. There's nothing that I've given the pastors to do that I haven't done before and for a period. Point is, the kingdom of God is so powerful. And then with that being said, the years go on. And you find this fading out. And I get invited to go to places to go and preach there. And you literally see some churches invite me and I go there and they want to have a revival and they have their revival and the people are lying all over the floor and they're slaying in the spirit because we're praying and the power of God comes down. Then I go away. They go back to where they were. Next year I get back there and they are right where they were and I've got to start all over again, rev up this crowd of people to serve God. I mixed with those people, all of them. The top brass of the AFM. I had friends in every church. Still do. And so what I find is that there is a missing element. This word of God is so powerful. It holds this universe together. This word of God is confoundingly, confoundingly powerful. It is, it is, if, from an intellectual point of view, I am not capable. Quite frankly, I am not capable of getting into the depths of, the, of this word, and so I don't think anybody on the face of the earth, because it is so powerful. It is not the academic side alone. It is the it is the the natural man receives not First Corinthians chapter number two, does not receive the things of the spirit of God, but they their foolishness unto him, and uh, he cannot discern them. But the spiritual man. The spiritual man receives all things and judges all things, yet he is judged by no one. And so you understand that there is a flow that is quite different. Listen to me tonight. The secret things are of the Lord and that which is revealed is to us and our children. There are things that are quite different in Christianity with power in the Holy Spirit than just, do you know that when Samuel went to the city of, of uh, um, Bethlehem, Bethlehem, which is Bethlehem. When, 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 when he went there, the people of Bethlehem were shivering because the prophet was in town. How would you like to sit down with a man called Elijah and try and have supper with him? They definitely won't talk about the rugby or the soccer, actually. I was going to say the soccer games. Because Elijah is sitting at the table. If Jesus sat at the table, I wonder how many conversations would be like the conversations are. When Jesus Christ of Nazareth went into the villages, they broke the roof down to get in. And all the eyes were on him. And everybody was attentive to every word that he had to say. Every word. It's that powerful. It is just that powerful. I don't know if I'm going to get through this, but I have to preach in December. You'll have to just come back here and not go on holiday or whatever. It was just that powerful. When Elisha sat down with the elders, he would say one thing. He says, I hear there are some men on their way to come. You know, I could hear the footsteps of them coming down the passage. They're coming to try and take me out, trying to, you know, just, they were sent by the king to kill him. And then he says, nah, and that, that king, is following in, in their footsteps. And he speaks to the king like that. You see, the natural man will never, ever be able to understand and receive the things of the kingdom of God. You have to convert out of the natural dimension into the spiritual dimension, get spiritual, spiritual understanding. The Bible literally says Corinthians, um Corinthians 1 verse 9 talks about spiritual intelligence, literally in the Greek. The natural man is not capable, like First 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, the natural man is like this, The story of the cross is folly for those on their way to perdition. Let me say that a bit slower. The story of the cross is folly for those who are on their way to perdition. In other words, eternal hell, damnation. But for us who are being saved, it is the power of God unto salvation. This book deals with the King of glory. This book, in his life makes up his body. He's the word, One, John 1 verse 14. He's the word that became flesh and dwelt amongst us. He is so powerful that if I read this book, it lights up my soul with a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ Jesus. The eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. 21 levels of prophetic revelation. I started typing in those years. As I said, I must do a couple of things. Number one, I must capture this before it goes away. What are, what are, simply put, the keys of the Holy Spirit anointing presence on a person's life? Okay. What must I do to have that? The second file I was able to get and I was very delighted was on the transference of the anointing to you and from you. Things that I hold so sacred dear God the Lord knows I hold it so sacred because it involves the Holy Spirit third person of the Holy Trinity whom I love and adore and I thank you Lord that through the Holy Spirit is made known to me the revelations of God for our time. Then I started typing, wildly typing. Prophetic school, the school of the prophets. I didn't know I had that anymore. I, was, I just didn't know nothing about it. I mean, we're talking about from 1986. I didn't know. Here I get the whole document in full. And there is a whole Bible school course right in that. When you talk about the School of the Prophets, 21 levels of prophetic revelation right there got them all out. I began to realize that people that come tonight would have a blessing because they would realize there is more to Christianity than just the -the run-of-the-mill mundane type of thing. Christianity is a living relationship with a living God. I cannot be in this relationship with God and be superficial. I'm too intense for that. In the visions of the night, I've seen things. I have seen things. And I realize how dangerous this time is. And yet, what the prophet Elijah was battling with is one word, you could go look it up in the dictionary, it's a good thing called apathy in the nation. Apathy. I think I'm gonna leave it with you to go and get that one. The word apathy of the nation, and with the Assyrian empire at the doorstep, ready to take them into bondage, and there would be 10 tribes that would disappear right there from just after the time of King Ahab. Ahab, Simri, Omri, and then, of course, we, we find that with those kings, the last of those kings, they were all all just not godly kings in the north. In the southern domain, it was Judah, and there was the monarchy of King David, And of course, they stayed longer. But here I have in front of me, right here, the school of the prophets. I was, I tell you what, I thought this week and I looked at it. It covers everything from the gifts of the Spirit. I did the whole thing. Then I found out the ways that God uses, the methods, the way he uses to bring the anointing and transfer it into your life. Okay. 1905 on the clock now, on the wall. For the next moment, for the next short period, I'm going to be giving a point and giving you the scriptures I put way back there, down there. If you don't get it, then get it on the internet or get the recording of it. You can get it. But if you've been in that tent, and you realize the, present, the presence of God, what we call the, the corporate anointing of the Holy Spirit, the corporate anointing of God, I understand. People say, how do we get to the level where we live victoriously? What is, what, is, what are the key? What's, what, 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 is, what would you list number one? That's now, I'm going outside of the notes here for a moment. And I say to them, Dr. Dennis, one word when it comes to God, relationship. You have a poor relationship with the Lord, forget about it, if you want to use him as a spare tire in your life. It does not work like that. I've heard how many men of God, I'm talking big names, that have now gone on to be with the Lord. Big names. They would say to me, Harold, the bottom line is the relationship with God. It works like that. I was praying in this week. It works like this. That there is, if you can imagine yourself like, if you see yourself like a glass container with anything inside that, let's call it a giant globe, that would now be you. And, and, and you can see into this glass container as God could see in, on the inside of us. And now, and, and, and now. Jesus comes into your life. And you see in this illustration, the power of the cross and the light comes on in a person's heart. Now, the essence of God pushes out the works of darkness. The measure of God involvement, relationship, knowledge of the Lord, prayer, all of those things, I have to, Fill my life with Christ. Have to fill my life with the Word of God. I have to drive out the present darkness by bringing Christ into every room of this house. Are you listening to me? Give the Lord a praise offering everybody right now in this place. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. I have to drive out everything that is not God out of my life. The more room I make for God during the course of the week, the less room the devil has to work with. And there's a Greek word, give the devil no place. Paul uses that word, he makes a statement. Just a single sentence, and give the devil no place. What does he say there? Give the devil no what? Topos is the Greek word for that, by the way. That is what, from what we get topography. In other words, you study the surface you take a GPS, uh, you see the mountains and you have a map. And that's, that's like you see the topography of with the, with the lines that, that gives you the height above sea level and so on and so forth. Uh, you, you, it, it, he's saying, don't give him a surface from whence to operate in your life. The problem is, and that brought me to the wasteland. God said, my people perish through a lack of knowledge. Isaiah 5.13, he says, Therefore, my people have gone into bondage, into slavery, because of a lack of knowledge. Therefore, the substance of the divine being has got to take over the nonsense of a lower type of life. When God comes upon you, I'm sitting there, And uh, we're just having a supper. And somebody's making a, a remark at the table, not realizing where I am in the spirit. And I suddenly turned on him and said, you better know that you better pray about what you're asking right now and that you're intending to do. You better know and you better pray. You better get busy with God or else you, you can make one of the biggest mistakes of your life. You better know. I was talking to tians about it. He says, you know what? He says, he says it's like one moment you're just like you, Harold. The next moment you're speaking as a prophet. And it's like not even a second in between. Something said and there's a spiritual reaction, just like that. The substance, the substance, I don't quite know how to explain, but the substance of what is God in His Word, in relationship to Him, in my fellowship with the Holy Spirit, under the power of the cross, under the power of the blood covenant of the Lamb of God, that substance must overtake this lower life. And when it overtakes this lower life, I find it quite easy to reign in this life through Christ Jesus. And you can't go like this, like a seesaw or whatever, or one of these rails that they have, the little trolleys, whatever they call those things. Number one, so I read fast. If you want to write, write or get the video. Decide tonight, right now, as you listen to the video, decide to be obedient to God on a daily basis and practice it continuously. Maud just quoted there from Deuteronomy, she was quoting chapter number 28 and there was something wrong technically, so in the the speaker's lounge, a mic went out. But I heard it say Deuteronomy 28, and it says like this, says these words, and it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the word, if you you diligently seek the, the, the presence of God and you obey his commands, then all these blessings shall come upon you and they shall overtake you. Blessed shall you be in this, in that, in the other, in the other, in the other, in the other. If you diligently heed and obey the word of the Lord and do His commands, It shall come to pass that these blessings will come upon you and shall overtake you all the days of your life, and it touches every dimension of our lives. But if you just look at the switch over in that same chapter, chapter 28 of Deuteronomy, chapter 28 from verse 15, it's just a string of curses because of disobedience. I tell you, I tell you, it's like, and you're in the spirit. I tell you, if you're like that, revelation comes to the workplace. I tell you, when you're in that situation, people like in those days when I was still working in the world system while I was studying at the university and again after that at the AFM Theological College that they would call a late meeting in the afternoon and say Harold you can go no you you make it you can go we don't need you to be here because i had been praying all day long they just excuse me and I had to be there but when I walk into that room that boardroom is like a clear as a picture of yesterday and I would sit I even know where I sat on the ninth floor I walk in that room and they look at me and the director says, you can go. I say, thank you, sir. And I'm on my way to be with God. Decide to be obedient to God on a daily basis and practice it continuously. Practice it continuously. John 9, 31. 1 Samuel 15, 22 and 23. I go on immediately. Number two, avoid the defiling influences of sin. In short, sin kills. Do you hear me? Sin kills the wages of sin. Sin has a wage connected to it. It pays out the salary of death. Avoid the defiling influences of sin. Psalm 101, verse 3, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I can read the verses, but I'm just going to give it to you. Psalm 101, verse 3, and also Psalm 80, verse 20 to 23. Psalm 18, should I say, verse 18 to 23. Proverbs 6, 25. Proverbs 6, 25. Isaiah 33, 14 to 15. 1 Peter 1, 14 to 16, you can get this afterwards. I like 1 Timothy 5 verse 2, keep yourself pure. 1 Corinthians 6, 18, I like this too, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but you commit sexual immorality, sins against his own body. First Timothy, no, sorry. Um, first Timothy six eleven and second Timothy two twenty-two. Flee also, youthful lust. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, and love and patience and gentleness. Number three. Number three. Walk in the Spirit. In other words, let the Holy Spirit through your relationship with Him lead your life on. Do you want to see the cloud of the glory of God upon your house? Do you want to have the cloud of the glory in your life? Then I say again, you have to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you have to be able to pray as much as you can, particularly if you can pray in tongues. If you cannot do it, you can talk to any of the pastors. They'll help you, even the cell leaders and, and so on and so forth. Walk in the Spirit. That's Galatians 5, 16 to 25, the whole section there. And Galatians five twenty five. If we live by the Spirit, capital Spirits is the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Romans eight sixteen, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. I just read you bits and pieces. Romans 9, verse 1, my conscience, the voice of my Spirit, born again Spirit, also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. Colossians three fifteen, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. This is important. Now, if you take that from the old Amplified Bible, it says, well, uh, let the peace of God, that, that peace that comes from above, uh, fulfill your heart, rule as an umpire, Amplified now, in your heart, deciding and settling with finality all issues that you may find yourself, that arise in your life. Let the peace of God rule as an umpire. Literally, the rachter. Die van God is in your heart. You can't get the peace of God if you're out of relationship with God. It's like that. Number four. Try to continually stir up the gift of God within through ministering to other people. Talk to them about Jesus. Talk to people because listen, Jesus Christ saves heals and delivers and imparts to you eternal life. He forgives you. He's merciful. He's full of grace and full of mercy and full of compassion. If we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light, even as He's in the light, We have fellowship, koinonia, joint sharing with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. As we go, in the Greek construct, if you look at the verbs at work there, you can see that you're walking in the light. He is in the light. In fact, he is the light. I'm walking in the light. I'm walking with him. I'm walking with him. I have fellowship with him. And the Bible says, "In the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Book of 1 John, chapter number one, up to verse number nine. Okay. Therefore, 2 Corinthians 1, 6, I remind you to, remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Literally that thing there, what does it mean? To stir up the gift of God? I'm going to finish on time. You know what it means? It's from a Greek word there. Anatsoporeo. The Greek word literally means you take like you have a a barbecue or brie. You have something you doesn't want to come to fire. It's like... Like you would say in Afrikaans, say, It's not wanting to burn and show flames and you have got guests and you want the fire going. So what do you get yourself a fan and you do that above the fire like that? You blast it with wind like that. And guess what happens? It gets red and whoop, there's a flame and suddenly you've got a nice fire, put some wood over it, there you go. Spiritually, anazoporeo means exactly that. Anazoporeo, fan into flame the gift of God that is within you. Problem is that many people don't fan nothing into flame in their lives, but they're so caught up in worldly things and worldliness and the things of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, tells the Apostle John. He says these are the things. You can't love God and still practice those things. If you have the fear of the Lord, you depart from. Evil. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Number five, take in and meditate on the word of God continuously. Now I've got Psalms here, I want to get back to the statement. Psalm 1 verse 1 to 3 and Psalm 119, 99. Psalm 104, 34. may my meditation be sweet to him. I'll be glad in the Lord. Okay, so take in and meditate, the word meditate. Now, where does that word come from? It comes from the days of Joshua, where God says in Joshua chapter number one in verse number eight, this book of the Lord shall not depart from your, from, your, from your mouth, from your mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it day and night. That thou may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will succeed. What must you do? Meditate on the word of the Lord. It is imperative it's like having a flower and it's standing there and it's on, the, on, the, on, a, on some, some table or something, you put down the flower. It's a beautiful family. Never give it water. Never give it proper sunlight. Never nothing. So it is, if we do not take in the word of God, we become spiritually anorexic. The word meditate means to mutter or to utter. It's like saying, I read the Bible. Here is a text where Paul is saying, I'm just just reading a text here. It says, I'm going to meditate. We are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. You are God's field your God's building I'm busy meditating therefore it says it does not depart from your mouth for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth flows forth shalaki tavol baruch atah adonai meditated. Number six, always use the word when ministering to people. Use the word. Don't tell them anything else but what is in the word. Romans 10.8, what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. I give you Psalm 119, 130. I give you um, it says, the entrance of the word gives light. It gives understanding even to the simple Proverbs 420. Give attention to my words, Psalm 107, 20. He sent his word and healed them. Use the word when ministering to the people. In, if, if you look at the Jewish scrolls and things which I've been working through, they talk about it as the letters of fire. We went to a place in Tel Aviv called Beit HaTzot. And there is the scroll of fire. If you walk in there, it's, it's like, a, it's like, a, it's like a, a stairway that goes up like in a spiral. And the whole stairway is lit up like in, in letters of the Aleph Tav, the Hebrew alphabet. And, and, and it's all over. And they've made it look like it's on fire. It's burning. And I stood there. And I was in awe. Because if you have the word of God on the inside and you're counseling somebody and you say to a person, Lord, you once said these words. You said to somebody, I will be healed. I've just quoted the scripture there. Jesus said these words, I will be healed. That is the word of God quoted straight at you now. But when somebody, not like Hollywood or Hollywood, goes around with all their Father Christmases and Santa Claus, you know, that really revs me up. Dennis, the world has just got to a place where they've just got something. The devil's got something for everything. Father christmas Christ-mas Christmas. In other words, the communion of Christ, Father. Oh, ho, 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 Here he comes through his chimney supposed to be, but he never has any black on him or on that little white copy. Roy copy die Roy copy in die koorsteen af. ons liever say, better Afrikaans koorsteen. And then the children think, Father Christmas, here's a big problem because now the whole city is full of them. And when comes, like I've said before in previous years, here comes Bugs Bunny because now it is Easter and not the Passover. And the Easter eggs, the bunny's going to be laying plenty of eggs. And you can get some eggs for your children. What is this? It's Easter eggs. So the devil has come and subtly moved in and replaced those things which are sacred unto God. But the judgment of this world is at hand. And the King of Glory is about to be revealed from heaven. There is not much time left to get serious with God. There is not much time left to play around. There is a time now where God is saying to all of His people everywhere, Come to me, and I will give you peace, and I will give you rest in this day and in this age which you are living. Without Jesus, you don't have peace, my friend. Use the word when you minister to people, just quote the word. The word works. I said, the word works. It's living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Number seven, always pray in the name of Jesus to God the Father. Pray in the name of Jesus. Just go read John chapter number 14. In fact, I've quoted it here, John 14, verse 13, John 14, 15, uh, John 16. It's actually John 15, 16. And then John 16, verse 23, John 16, 26. In that day, you will ask me nothing. And I say to you, you, uh, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. Ask whatever you ask in my name. That... I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Eight. I'm nearly finished now. Use scriptural methods when you minister to anybody else. Put the word first. I get to play places. I've gone to places where they run to the kitchen. I say, I want some anointing oil. Don't get me anointing oil. They come out with sunflower oil. I said, Go put that in the kitchen. That doesn't work. I'll just lay my hands on this person that's sick. Use the word. Do what scripture tells you to do. Mark 1620, Acts 14:3. It tells you that the Lord worked with them, confirming the word with the accompanying signs. He confirms his word. If I speak to you healing in the name of Jesus, God will do what is written in the word. Not because of me, but because of this book here. This incredible book, I just don't have words for it. Number nine, reject any form or thoughts of unbelief. Whatever things you ask in prayer, Believing, continuous tense, you will receive. Reject, reject thoughts of unbelief. Have it no part in your life. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask for when you pray. Whatever things you ask for when you pray. Believe when you pray. Believe that you receive them and you will have them who must believe the believer when i pray for somebody to be healed from something the believer that i'm praying for paul said he saw that that man had faith to be healed and he said to him arise take up your bed and god healed the person he says Just he saw that he had faith. Faith is action. Faith comes out. You can see a believer. A believer does not talk a bunch of negative stuff. A believer speaks the word of faith. If you talk to me and you start talking around the word, I'll keep you busy till after midnight or right through the night. It does not matter to me. The fact is, it is the word that cuts through the light. It it just brings fire, it brings light, and it drives out any darkness out of people. Go to hospitals. And unlias la ishanwit. They go to hospitals. And you get there. I get to a doctor and he's got a pile of magazines next to him. He's just had a heart attack. And I look at what he's got there. I thought, I'm not even going to waste my time praying for this man. He's about as dead as a doornail in terms of the faith now. Let this pastor just get over with it. I've had that before. But I've also seen people Come to another point of view after a miracle has happened. I must close. So get the faith, number 10, get the faith agreement of the people, the subjects that you pray for. If you pray for somebody, get the faith agreement. Just say, do you agree with me that this is in the book of life? Do you read this in the Bible? Here's the text, read it with me. Now, it says so, now we pray so. And in accordance with that, we have a sure foundation. That's why I stay with the word-for-word translation. Because people put their faith in this book. So if you have a paraphrase or some other book that's got all sorts of things, you don't get a paraphrase Bible in Jewish. They have the scrolls, they have the Torah, and they have the Tanakh, the Old Testament. There's no, no... Uh, it's the only word of God. Use your, number 11, your divine authority to bind and loose. What things you bind on earth shall be bound in the heavens. Use the authority. When you see the devil is at work, you want to pray for somebody. I mean, <laughs> I'd like to say a lot of things here. Matthew 18, 18. Matthew 16, 19. Matthew 16, 19. Matthew 18, 18. Then, I think this is my last point. Pray daily for at least a period of one half an hour, 30 minutes in tongues if you can. Or just talk to God. Open your heart to the Lord if you can't pray in tongues. Pray. Pray. Let the Lord fill your life. If you were that lamp, and say we could see through you tonight. We could see right through you. We look at the substance of what's inside. It's what doctors do. They look at what's inside people's bodies, what's going on there. They have blood tests, all sorts of tests. But let's say you are this lamp, and you could see through this lamp into somebody. And you could see what is the substance of that person's life. When the substance is God, the life is abundant life. When the substance is bugs, hojas. You know the word pervert means to twist away from the truth. If you say something is pervert, that's twisted. The moment you twist anything from the truth, it's no longer truth. Because God is truth. I'm going to close there. The list is longer than what I thought, but I I need to pray for one or two people and take it from there. You are a living human being. You have a life. Spend it on developing a relationship with Jesus Christ the Lord. Spend your life in the fear of the Lord. Spend your life. There's a little song there, a little gospel song. Just talk about Jesus. You know that one, Molly? Just talk about Jesus. And the people clapped their hands. Just talk about Jesus. Spend your life with Christ and your future in glory. Spend your life with Christ and your future shall be blessed with length of days, and you will see the salvation of the Lord. It is not running this race that is the thing. It's how you finish this race that is the thing. Can you say amen? Give Jesus a praise offering right, God. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefoulsonline.com.